0: You know, I I feel, if I may, uh, uh, you know, get uh, pompous tonight, but uh, after having traveled across the country and seeing a lot of interesting things happening, I believe that that by, roughly by uh, the mid-21st century, this will be a a total fact. I, I believe it. I may be wrong, but this is what I believe. I believe that up to this time, man just grew, you know, sort of like topsy. And no, I mean, it goes all the way back to the first caveman, you see. Everything was just sort of, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you didn't like your neighbor, you just moved to, moved to the next cave. That was the end of it. Then you waited until he walked past, and you bopped him on the head with a club. That took care of the situation. Then you took over that cave, his cave too, you see. And you put your brother-in-law in that cave. And then, of course, the guy in the cave next to him started to argue with him. And the next thing you know, they bopped each other on the top of the head with clubs. And, you know, it just went on and on like that until finally, you know, we went through the Crusades, we went through the uh, War of the Roses and the Battle of Bull Run until eventually here we are now in, uh, you know, this day and age. However, that only works, you see, when there aren't too many people. But, you know, man has been expanding almost like the cockroach, logarithmically. You know, if you have you ever taken a... Uh, if you've ever had any co- experience with cockroaches, you know the parallel between man and cockroaches is very, very good. I'm not being funny when I say that. It may be a funny idea, but it's quite good because the cockroach, you see, ha- shares a lot of things with man. Among them, he's one of the most adaptable creatures in all of nature. Now, what is an adaptable creature? Well, an adaptable creature is one that can live in extremes of temperature to begin with. Uh, he can live. Uh, he can live in a cabin in uh, the Yukon, and do very well. And you'll also find him living on the equator. Man, he's doing good. Uh, he also can adapt to food. He, he'll live on a, on a lot of different things. Now, you know, a lot of animals can only live on a certain kind of food. Period. And when that food goes, that's the ball game. Uh, for example, there are certain Australian animals, certain marsupials. Yeah, the wombat is an example, that can live only on one specific leaf. I believe it's the eucalyptus, correct? And when the eucalyptus tree goes, that's the end of the wombat. There ain't no more. Well, now, man is not like that. You know what man would do? If man was a wombat, see, he's hanging on this eucalyptus tree, and all of a sudden the eucalyptus tree splits, you know, forget it. it. gives up the koala bear, yeah. And the minute the koala bear gives up, you know, the man, if he, man is a koala bear, so he's hanging onto this tree, this is an adaptable creature. Here's what he would do. The eucalyptus dies. Well, now, a koala bear, the only thing he can do is climb down <laughs> and go hunting for another eucalyptus tree. Well, you know what man would do? He would say, ho!" Oh, so that's the way it is with eucalyptus, huh? Okay. He climbs down and he starts to eat a geranium. Well, okay, the geranium then, now, he's eating all the geraniums up, and uh, now it looks like hard times are coming, see, because he's down to his last geranium, and so one of the guys says, Hey, listen, have you ever tried the cactus? It's cactus. No, there's a lot of cactus running. No kidding. He's, she had a groovy. What you do is you put mustard on him, you know, and a little cactus there put a little mustard on him and the little ketchup, and, man, it's a, it's a it, in fact, it cuts geranium. The next thing you know, you got cactus parties going. And so it goes, and to find it, they're eating sand, they're eating everything. Yeah, that's true. Man does this, you see. And uh, we, our chemicals now can produce food out of uh, practically coal, you see. But we're the only one of the very few animals that can do that. Now, the cockroach is very much like that. Do you know that the cockroach, no, seriously. Uh, maybe maybe you're not. I I've studied this creature because people keep sending me clippings about cockroaches. I have the only clipping. I have the only cockroach clipping service in America. Yeah, people keep sending this stuff to me. They, they figure somehow I've got a thing for them, so I just keep reading this stuff. And among other things, I have dis, I've discovered through my cockroach uh, studies that the cockroach can eat such diverse things as if you're uh, listen to this. They will eat glue on books and in fact they dig it when the glue runs out they like cigar butts Do you know that the cockroach will eat cigarette ashes try that one on for size Uh, the the cockroach will and survive I'm talking about not just for you know quick snack before he hits the sack I'm talking about You know, he'll sit down for a real big Thanksgiving scoff. You know, he found a big cigar butt, and he'll just knock it down, you know, and everybody will cheer. Well, then, when the cigar butts run out, what will he live on? Well, he can live on uh, old pieces of leather, leaves. He'll eat leaves. He'll eat uh, pieces of wood, branches. They like lots of types of wood. And one of the things that he particularly enjoys is uh, coffee grounds. You find coffee grounds almost every place. You'll find him eating everything from sugar to... uh, well practically inedibles which is true of man and well that makes him very very adaptable right he can go any place now he's also highly fertile now that's true of man last night we saluted a guy who was the father of 202 people that's a pretty fertile animal you know that's not true of the elephants are you aware that, 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 that <laughs> how many elephants that the, the, the average elephant will produce in you know its lifetime the elephant barely stays up with population, you know, just gradual decimation. So man produces on a logarithmic basis, which means if you have two people, you wind up with four kids. They then have four kids, and by the end of a couple of hundred years, man, you got, well, you you got, uh, what do you got? You got New York. <laughs> I mean, that's what you got. Well, uh, now that's what happens with cockroaches. Well, now, man being as adaptable as he is he's gonna have to adapt now obviously the old system of huddling together in clusters which is the city system you see a long time ago man had to get together in other words he stayed together in communal groups for self-protection one he protected himself against the wild beasts earlier you know in the very early days in fact this is still true in many parts of the world and he also protected himself against the other tribes, when numbers meant protection, you see. Now, uh, and, and in addition, he found that he could do things easier together in cooperation, where, you know, one guy would go out and get the firewood, and another guy would go out and kill the saber-toothed tigers, and the fourth guy would make the sandals, and so they would all, you know, if you if you kill the tiger today, I'll give you a pair of sandals, <laughs> and, and so the other guy says, well, okay, if I kill the tiger today, you got to make sure that you come by and drop some firewood off, too. So in the end, uh, it was a communal, everybody worked together for everybody else. Well, all right, now, now here we are. Uh, it was a good idea, you see, until the city got to the point where instead of the people helping each other, They began to hinder each other because there were so many. So the guy that was going to try to, you know, deliver the firewood to the other guy's cave had to wait on 14th Street for two and a half hours to get through cross-town traffic. So ultimately, the whole thing, because of the vastness of of the herd, began to be immobile. And I think we're right now at the point, in spite of Mayor Lindsay telling us, you know, the cities are workable and all that, I suspect history will not prove him right now, that at this point... Uh, the city is almost an, uh, an uh, inoperative thing. Because man has another thing going with him that that, the, that makes it almost imperative that he move out. Man also, among several creatures, but particularly in man, he's a dual creature. He's not like the ant. The ant seems to, ex- to, to, to not seem to be particularly flipped by the fact that he's in close proximity to... T- 300 trillion other ants but through various experiments on on man and rats by the way they have found that both rats and man tend to become extremely paranoid very very they incidentally also lose a lot of their sexual characteristics might interest you to know when they're put together in a great vast herd and kept in a in a controlled uh, almost a, 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 a capsule. In other words, they're all jammed together. Even though they've got enough to eat, even though they all have enough to, to the warmth and food, they wind up by fighting each other. This has happened time and time again in laboratory tests. Now, you can say man isn't a rat. Well, that's a, an arguable question don't be to- so quick to say that he is, is as far away from the rat as you like to think he is. He's, after all, he is an animal, you know. He may be a thinking animal, he may be a lot of other things, but he has instincts which he can't really control because they are instinctual. And so ultimately, uh, we're, we're, we're faced with the problem that the thing which we created originally, being adaptable for us to survive by, uh, the city, the, the vast community, or the hive, if you prefer to call it that, uh, has now become the thing that is driving everybody batty because of another element in man now that is beginning to re- reject it. He he hates the fact that every time he walks out, there are 37 million people ahead of him at every place he goes. So no matter where you go, you go to the subway, you wait in line. You go at three o'clock in the morning, you wait in line in a change booth, uh, <laughs> and uh, he 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 is suddenly finding himself hating his fellow man. I think a great deal of the hatred that is in our country today comes from not anything, and you can say it's, uh, you know, a lot of the superficial causes like uh, things like poverty and uh, one thing, these are all contributing factors. But I think one of the major factors is the city itself. I mean, the fact that we're here. So I think that by the end of the 20th century, you're going to find people splitting, I say that within the next five years you're going to see an exodus out of New York it's going to be fantastic and I say it's going to make the the, the original exodus in the Red Sea look like greasy kid stuff I mean it's going to be an exodus and uh, it's going to come about because people would like to want they want to get away that's all now ultimately when and, and incidentally man has one other characteristic that he does share with a few other animals. He's a nest fowler. Now, now, what is a nest fowler? Well, a nest fowler is exactly what I said. It's a, it's a creature who will uh, foul his own nest. There are certain animals who do that. But you know what they do. You know, a nest fowler, which does this by nature, moves on and builds another nest, which he then fouls and then moves on to another one. But now we're, we're up against it here. We're up against the problem where we can't, we can't do much about it since uh, uh, this uh, the, it, we're now numbering in the billions and it's not easy to move out. And that's what we were, are going to do anyway. So I say by the late 20th century, you are going to see in areas which today, which we consider nothing, there will be people living in the middle of Wyoming, in, in the far reaches of Montana. There will be people living on the mesas in, uh, in uh, places like uh, Utah and and uh, New Mexico, but they will not be living in the mountain man sense. They will have uh, designed communities which will be self-sufficient. In fact, already major industries are designing such communities, but they're designing them with, uh, with an eye towards another side of man. In fact, I saw the blueprints of one that has an entire equestrian pathway set up right through the city, where you can ride all over the city in horses, believe it or not. And it's a 20th twenty first century concept uh, it has built literally built all around it it has a a, a total recreation area that ranges all the way from from uh, from fishing through hunting and this is not one of these retirement communities we 're not discussing that we 're discussing it. and then it, the the industries which will be brought and built into this area will be industries which are would uh, specifically adapted to that specific area like uh Uh, highly complex uh, electronic uh, uh, construction companies, and one thing and another. But now, this will eventually have to happen. Uh, In short, we have vast areas of this country that nobody's even living in. It's just a place you fly over. And uh, I think that it's inevitable that we're going to have to start spreading out. And I, I imagine, I'm just curious how many of you Feel inside of you a deep, almost subliminal, hard to explain. In fact, in uh, it's difficult to even put it in words. Perhaps you've not even thought about it uh, objectively. A deep desire to get away from it. I'm just curious how many of you feel this. Now, it has become it, it has become so universal and it is it is it has crept in so gradually that many people feel this is the way people always felt not so as a matter of fact uh if, if 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 you can judge by the memories of very old citizens and by the writings of the time people the one thing they wanted to do was to come they loved the life of the city it was it was it was a thing uh, you know it was it was a a pleasurable even if it was crowded it wasn't as crowded and in the same way as it is today and so uh, things have changed and they, they've changed deep down inside of you I know they've changed inside of me and I think they've changed inside of almost all of you now I think that all this talk about the earth and ecology is, is kind of funny in a way I think it's nostalgic I think people are dreaming of something that never really in the time of man ever truly existed. And uh, I suspect that, I suspect that, uh, that uh, it will finally take form. Now you find uh, all over the country, people, see people when they're, when, they're, when they're at a certain stage in their lives, are really trapped by the fact that they are at a productive part of their life. You're trapped by your own prime, in other words that if a person is at the prime productive stage of his life, he has to go, he's driven to go, really, uh, to go where that prime can be utilized. In short, he comes to the city to make it. Uh, he wants to do it. He has to do it. It's, it's ego. It's a lot of other things that drive him to do this. So suddenly then he reaches an older... He, he, he's now past that. Now, he will do now what he secretly has always wanted to do. Now, this, this, in a sense, is, and I'm not even talking about retirement per se, but this is really what it boils down to, uh, he winds up doing things which most younger people literally dream of. For example, do you know that there are millions of older people today in this country who live completely nomadic lives? I mean, really nomadic lives. I'm talking about lives where they don't have any home. And they have, let's say, an Airstream trailer. And uh, one month, they're down in the Galveston. The next month, they're in the, the Redwood country of, uh, of uh, Washington. The next uh, month, they, they're up in Maine. Now, I don't know whether you've seen... And these are silent. This is the true silent group of people. Nobody talks much about older people in this country. In fact we kind of like to pretend they don't exist but they do exist and they're doing they're really ahead of the rest of the population today they're doing what a lot of people secretly want to do and they're doing what many people will do by the time the 21st century comes around and it'll come about because of this problem of pollution and all the rest of it that we're talking about and i say that uh, that uh, the, that uh, another thing too that a lot of these people do for example you perhaps have never really run into them, we 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 rarely utilize waterways in this nation of ours as a place to live we think of it we think of water really essentially as a place of uh, of amusement uh, it's it's a hobby and yet you go to many areas of the orient and so on and you find that generations of people have lived on river houseboats and you know this is growing that you find that many people in areas uh, as diverse as, let's say, the Ohio River Basin, for example, this is all along the Tennessee Valley area and down through Florida, many people live now today exclusively on boats, and it's slowly beginning to develop. And I think these things are the, in a very real way, the clues of the of the coming century. Uh, of the coming century, and I would I would venture to suspect that by the end of the 21st century you're going to see large cities built in the middle of Lake Superior right in the middle of the lake and they will be completely serviced by various types of uh, surface and helicraft <laughs> and and uh, they, they they will they will and I think that by that time they will look back to our day and they will say you know these people didn't They didn't do any of this. They they will not even be able to understand it. They say, they live like animals. They say, you know, those poor people, you know, they live one on top of each other and they live like rats. And incidentally, have you ever heard that expression, they're living like rats? That's why they use rats in laboratories, because rats live like people. (laughs) So, uh, you know, think a few good thoughts, friends, on Earth Day. And I think this is a very healthy thing that we've gone through today. One of the few healthy things that's happened in a damn long time. And I hope it's the beginning of a lot more.